Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up? My name is Nick Russo. Hey, I'm Aaron Austin. Welcome back to Country Not Country. On this week's episode, we talk about... T. Swizzle and her new documentary. And, well, kind of go through all of the things that we picked out from it. And then that transitions to Nick Russo's dating life. Yeah, we'll talk about the heck of a weekend I had and... <laughs> And how things ended in shambles. And then we'll transfer into Marin Morris. At Rodeo being super preggers. Very pregnant. Yes. So we're rolling into another podcast. Welcome to Country Not Country. My name is Nick Russo. Hmm. I'm Aaron Austin. Aaron is feeling gassy today. I'm not feeling, well, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm like, is it a kidney stone? Is it cramps? Am I ovulating? I have no idea. But it's only on one side of your body? Only on one side, That reminds me of Circle, the the TV show on Netflix, the social media show that I watched that I love so much. Okay. So uh, one of the guys is a catfish, and he's pretending to be a girl. So he ends up in the girls' chat where they're talking about their, you know, their time of the month, and he doesn't know anything about it, really. So he says something he remembers his girlfriend saying, and she says, my left side just always hurts so bad. And so he replies to that, to the conversation they're having. And they're all, all the girls are like, what is he, what is this girl talking about? Mine's not like that at all. And someone, one of the girls writes something and that dude like freaks out because he realizes like he has said something. Yeah, what is the show called? It's called Circle. Okay. It's about becoming popular on social media, but it's not like, it's not real life social media like Instagram. It's Circle is the social media platform that is created for the eight contestants. Oh, okay. Got it. Oh, I think I remember you telling me about this. And yeah, you always are telling me about stuff on Netflix I need to check out. And then when it goes, it's time for me to like, oh, what should we watch? I'm like, oh. Frick, I don't even remember when, you know, like, I can't think of anything. Yeah, I've pretty much cleared out the cache or cache, Mm -hmm. cache, C-H-C-H-E-C-A-C-H-E, cache. Or is it sachet? (laughs) Either either way, I've watched everything I've saved, and I really enjoyed Circle a lot, really, uh, but it it geeked me out. But, yeah, I I actually applied to go on the show. Did you really? I did, I did, I did. Okay. Because I think they film it in, like, two weeks. So I didn't think it would be a big change from life. Like, I could take days off from work, and it wouldn't hurt me. Like, I could never do a six-month reality show. I don't want to oh. leave my post for well, that long. let's be honest. Most of those people that do reality shows, I think they, they're like, oh, they're a customer service representative or whatever. But they quit their job before they start. And, and they're often like, actors that are trying to break in somehow. Yeah. Reality so- TV is also a huge knock on your acting resume, from what I've heard. Oh, if you were ever on a reality show and then you tried to legitimately become famous? Yeah, they won't look they don't look good at that. They think it's kind of a cheap way out almost. They would rather you go to plays and do musicals before from hmm. what I've heard. I had a friend back in high well, not high school, but right after high school, she she got cast on Real World on MTV. Oh yeah. And so she was one of the final 15 or final 10 and she had to sign all these non-disclosure agreements and she was a cheerleader at Syracuse at the time and she would she realized that in trying to be a broadcast journalist, get on TV, to do any sort of media television, reality shows were a huge knock on you. 
Oh, he, that's so interesting. I would have thought for her it would have been completely different. I can see maybe legitimate actors, but, I mean, look at the guy Nick Vile who uh, was on, like, multiple of the uh, the Bachelor series, and he's getting acting roles and sitcoms and commercials, like, I mean, he well, hasn't done anything is, really substantial yet. Well, the game has still. changed since Real World days. Real World was like one of the first reality shows. Yeah. And I think it's just changed so much since then. And in those days, people looked down on it. Now, the reason I say that is because that show Circle mm-hmm. is they were all aspiring actors, which I didn't realize till afterwards because I followed up with, uh, with the people. And they talked about how their whole life they were trying to be actors and get social media attention and nothing ever worked. Well, they go on this show and they're all freaking out because they're now having hundreds of thousands of followers on their Instagram. And they went from nobody knowing them to everybody knowing them. Mm. And they, well, not everybody, but yeah, because I'm like, I don't know. But in comparison to their life prior, right. they're now a celebrity to a certain amount of people. Like for me, there's people on that show that if I saw them, I'd feel like I know them. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I feel like they're my friend, which is also a kind of a weird connection through social media <laughs> yeah like i feel like they're my friends even though they don't have a, well one of them tweeted back to me he was the guy from texas oh okay so and also on netflix i watched under your recommendation taylor swift's uh documentary oh yeah that was uh i don't know it popped up. i think for me i watched it because it popped up and it was like the first thing when you opened up netflix and i watched the trailer and i was thinking oh I want to see what this is about, you know, and I like Taylor Swift and I would like to see what she's like as a real person. Have you ever met her? Yes. Well, was it when she, obviously it was when she was in country music. Yeah. Um, I met her at the ACM awards. Oh God, this is, you know, let's go say eight years ago. And, um, she was wearing some really cute dress and she was super sweet and super nice. And I just remember her to smell like cupcakes. So is um, she, was she like 16 at that time or 17? Oh, no, was no, she no, underage? No. I mean, this is not even 10 years ago. So she was in like, say she was like 22 because she was 15 when she yeah. first broke into country music, which mm-hmm. is really strange. So, like it's really crazy. Cause I was, I think we're relatively close to the same age. So I don't think I realized how young she was at the time because I was relating my own ex- experience. Mm-hmm. But now you tell me she's 15, writes songs like that, performs. You're like, wow, that she really was really, really talented at a young age. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird seeing how, um, how she came up with the songs and how fast she writes them. And that it, that whole process is just so fascinating to me. I was amazed. I'm not going to use the word amazed. I, I retract that. I was kind of interested in how they were marketing her so early in life. Like there were a lot of those videos from when I, so was her first single Tim McGraw. Mm-hmm. So it was number 60 on the charts. And she goes, look, there it is. Number 60. And, and to think that to where she is now from that point. Oh yeah. Just can't even fathom the growth and the kind of roller coaster ride that was. Well, they, I mean, I mean, one of those, one of the parts in the, in the documentary is she is talking about her new album, and she ha- remember she goes into that boardroom. Just think about it. You were just an artist where people uh, were helping you out, and now you have a team of people that in a boardroom, in a building. That sit that, around you and tell you what to do. and Or you're telling them what the, to do, and you pay their salary. It just That is just... And you're now 30 years old. At the time when that was being filmed, she wasn't even 30 yet. You know, that's just kind of, obviously she has her mom and her dad to help out 
quite a bit, but um, well, we yeah. both kind of took away different things from it. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, you go first. All right. So my takeaway was how she said her entire life, even when she was younger, her she always wanted people to like her. Which I do remember her saying that, and that kind of stuck out for me too, because I feel like that's one thing that I've always wanted. I don't like it when people don't like me. And so, can you draw that all the way back to when you were a child? Oh, I can remember the very first time. And this is, it, it started in kindergarten. It, I remember specifically, it started in kindergarten. And I remember the, my, one of my very first friends in kindergarten didn't invite me to her birthday party. And I got upset and it got back to her mother that I got upset. And so her mom ended up throwing a May Day party so that the other kids that didn't get invited to the birthday party would be invited to that. So did that, and that still didn't make you like her? No, I or mean, it made you, did it make you feel better? It made me feel better. And we, I mean, she's been my childhood friend. Are y'all still know? friends? Yeah, we're still friends. She's the one, friend that I went and visited in Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. Um, but. It's just that's I remember that is the very first moment of me feeling like people didn't like you or people didn't like you for some reason, unbeknownst to you, even though it was it may have been an oversight or the mom didn't even know that you really wanted to go. Yeah, I never. And it's interesting, the things that you, you know, up until that point, I don't know if I ever would have felt that, you know, Um, but then you go to school and you're around other children, you're interacting and the things that you your feelings start to develop. Do you know what I mean? For sure. When I was a little kid and I had a really weird incident in pre-K that I think kind of, it. Oh, I know it pushed my personality into where it is today. So like when I work at the club, I I always stand by the bar kind of in the corner of the club. I'm not out in the middle in front of everybody. And wait, you to right now. Yeah. Like if you go to wild West on a Friday night, I stand in the back corner by the bar and I don't really move. And I just stand there and I do my thing and I'm hype as hype as can be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're like, why is this guy in like a two foot circle going crazy over there? And (laughs) and it draws all, I can draw that all the way back to pre-K when I used to be like overactive child and I always wanted to talk and touch everybody and talk to everybody. And, Mm -hmm. and I was an only child. So I was around other kids for the first time. And apparently I was not allowed to be, associating with the group they put me in the corner while everybody had group games and so i would i had to sit in the corner and like look over my shoulder at everybody or everyone got to have a good time independent of me i didn't get i didn't get to take part i could only take part from a distance and i remember when i would turn around and you tell- don't wait do you know why you were in the corner yeah i, it, I, I mean did you get in I, trouble for talking yeah for sure it had to have been talking and and i think that i was probably I hadn't been around kids, so I think I was a new kid around a bunch of kids. I probably wanted to, like, squeeze their cheeks or pinch them or, like, not in a bad way or a violent way, but I wanted to talk to people, and and I was probably Mm -hmm. a disruptive child, but it was more just my disposition than it was my behavior. And that's how I see it because yeah. it still happens in my daily life today. Like I, I often don't <laughs> feel comfortable in groups, and yeah, I and, I, and I can I can derail the the, the group setting unintentionally, mm-hmm. and I think that was what I was doing as a young child. And the teacher, rather than finding a way to, you know, help me through that, just did what she thought was best and put me in the corner and make me put my nose in the corner so I don't bother the kids while they play their game of hokey pokey. Oh, interesting. I'm 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 just sitting here reflecting on on that for a second and i'm i'm thinking about what you could do differently now when you say oh i sometimes disrupt a group setting unintentionally that happens happened my whole life but i also attribute to being an only child which goes back to taylor swift 
with why I understood the liking or wanting people to yeah. like you. Oh, I remember totally. asking my mom all the time, coming home from school, why don't the, why don't people want to be my friend? Why doesn't why don't these kids like me? I never understood why certain kids just didn't like me. I didn't do anything to them mm-hmm. to make them talk mean to me or be mean to me or to di- not allow me to be part of their circle. I mean, I I mean, I think both you and I, I think sometimes I'm probably worse about this than you are, but it bother it still bothers me. I I mean, I look around here at the office and, you know, I was like, oh, I don't understand. I say hi to them and they don't even say hi back. They don't even look me in the eye. Like, I don't even get it. But And we never know what they're going through, which in the same reference is what Taylor Swift's explaining in this documentary, particularly with other people's insight through Twitter or Facebook comments or how, Instagram comments. However, she's receiving messages from mm-hmm. people on the outside there was that moment where, you know, she I didn't realize she wasn't even 18 when Kanye West stole the microphone from her. She was 17. That, oh. cha- that changed the dynamic for me also with her. Mm-hmm. She didn't know how to react in that. A lot of people started to believe that that was like a conspiracy or some sort, but I don't believe so. Yeah, I don't think it was a conspiracy. That's just dumb. And I it, just think that's somebody else projecting what they think somebody should act like. I, I think that you're right. She was 17 years old, and you probably... Let's be honest. If Kanye came up on stage and we're talking, we'd probably be frozen a little bit too. Like we don't. What the hell? And, is and so, also you know? watching it in retrospect, she finished her speech. Mm-hmm. She finished her thank you, and there was like a moment where she could have talked more, and that's when he stepped up there. And and then she also went on to say that everyone was booing, and she thought they were booing her. Right. They were booing Kanye, but they thought they were booing her. And well, yeah, because I think about when we're on stage, and I know this happens where uh, it's kind of like you're. Not tunnel vision, but you're, you just kind of like. You don't see a, any faces. Yeah, it's you hear and think and see in a tunnel almost. You're in and the you moment. Like, and you aren't really absorbing what is really happening and can't really figure it out. All you hear is sound and you're on stage and the light's on you. So the you sound just, you hear is yourself. Yeah. You know, so and, and, and I can so totally any sort of yeah, any sort of ruckus in the back, you're going to associate it with yourself in that moment for mm-hmm. sure. And I, I really felt for her there more than I had ever felt in that situation for her. And I think that that was her first real challenge of national sort of notoriety where she realized all these people because people maybe hadn't really heard of her until then. And then Kanye West fans heard about her. So then. People did turn on Taylor in that mm-hmm. reg- in that regard. They did yeah. say, you don't deserve that award. You don't deserve this. You're not this. You're not this. And she was talking about how Boycott Taylor or something was trending globally, worldwide. Oh, yeah. It was like the number one thing. Oh, God, what was it? I was like, oh, damn. I can't imagine. And she said, you know how many tweets have to be sending with that for it to be trending globally? <laughs> yeah. And and she talked about how that rolls her into, like, eating disorders and, you know, yeah. unhappiness. Yeah, and that's what one of the things that stuck out for me was... Um, you know, she talked about how people would say uh, things about how she looked and, you know, and, and it just is fascinating to me because I think all of us go through that in some way, shape or form. And she, I, I mean, to this day, I still am super self-conscious of how I look and, and she's no different. Well, I really also couldn't help but think about my position that it's unhealthy to be exposed to millions, thousands, hundreds of other people's opinions of you. Correct. That's not the way humanity was 
intended to exist mm -hmm. in my belief yeah. the internet has changed humanity for that respect now one po one post from you let's just like we'll talk the good and the bad the good is you post an amazing picture of yourself and it goes viral because it's so amazing mm -hmm. imagine the high of seeing 10,000 people look at this beautiful person oh they're so beautiful then imagine that you've got something in the background that you didn't realize was there that's offensive and it goes viral and then the yeah. like it's just as powerful negative or positive and then oh 100 percent and it's like or just somebody picking you apart, you know. I think, what did she reference? Wasn't there something about, like... Zooming her little, in on her stomach? Yeah, zooming in on her stomach. And, you know, and then, of course, it, then she starts not eating as much because now she doesn't want to look like she's... Uh, has a little pregnant belly or food belly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and she talked about, she showed those pictures of her at the AMAs when she was really thin, and she was saying that those were the times when she was, you know, she wasn't eating for a day or two and would just justify it as, oh, it's part of the game. It's what I have to do to look good for the cameras. Mm -hmm. And okay. I can kind of relate. That may sound weird coming from a guy, but I know, like, coming into cook-off and rodeo, I'm not saying that I'm, like, starving myself by any means, but I've been trying to cut back a little bit on how much I eat to try and stay at a healthier weight because... I know that I'm going to be in front of people a lot more. I'm going to be taking a lot more mm -hmm. photos. And so I try to be cognizant of that. And and I don't think I'm fat by any means, but I definitely have a uh, an insecurity that makes me always want to look better. Yes. And I, 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 I'm 100% the same. And I can't imagine having always every picture I post, every picture taken to me gets ridiculed through the ringer about how other people feel about it. And for some reason, you could still have a million people say that you look amazing, but then... Uh, say there's say there's something that so, she's self conscious of, and this happened. We can I can say this because it's happened recently with us. Um, there's something that she's self conscious of, and then one troll picks somehow finds that one thing that she's insecure about or we're insecure about, and talks about it, and then it's like all of the compliments are gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, the one, the one the comment. The one bad comment that picked on your absolute insecurity that you deep down hate about yourself. And then somebody, some rando. Triggers it. And then everybody yeah. else follows suit. And then now you have everyone harping on your insecurity or, that drives or you, you crazy. Or all you can focus, it, uh, focus on is that bad comment, you know? Yeah. The other big standout from the show was when she or the document it's only an hour and 25 minutes which was why i decided to just sit down and watch it also because it wasn't a nine-part series i usually need like <laughs> you're like this is a one and done i can do this i'm yeah. gonna need a whole sunday for which this. is exactly why i watched it because i have the attention span of a gnat sometimes so. the uh, the moment when she talked about wanting to still be relevant post 35 oh god that was yeah that's the other thing that really stuck out for me was women have i always say that Sometimes I feel like women have an expiration date, and for some reason, a woman over 40 is deemed irrelevant, and for some reason, the girl that's 25 is deemed more relevant than I would be, and I don't understand why that is. I don't know why, and it's everything. It's uh, jobs. It's um, Family, kids, wedding. Uh, you know, every beauty. Job. Everything. Everything, jobs, all of it, all of, but yet for a man at 40, it's not even, not even thought of. Well, now, granted, it may be a little different when he becomes 50, because I know there's some men that have 
lost their jobs and they're over the age of 50 and they've tried to find new jobs and they feel like they're irrelevant, which, you know. Like midlife crisis type moments. Yeah, and, and you know, because they are now up against all of these other young whippersnappers trying to find jobs and they, you know, yeah, I think are that, having difficulty. I think it's a lot of this, the system of life because – and I'm not I'm not saying good or bad or any I'm not, you know I'm just saying that through the system of life the nuclear family idea the quote unquote traditional values of family if you will when it comes to um husband and wife um for a long time of society women were put in a place like the, what was it in the 50s women were allowed to vote no. 60s? No. 20s? 30s? No. I think we're Susan B. Anthony. What year were women allowed to vote? It was 1919, so it was the yeah. 20s. It passed by Congress. It was uh, women's suffrage, right? Yeah. Susan B. Anthony. Okay. So my point is that the systems in place. I think you're thinking of the 1950s when like the typical woman role of stay home, take yeah. care of the kids. You think of the 1950s Beaver Cleaver mom. Yeah, and when the war, the the woman with the the bandana, she yeah. was cleaning World the house, or she was she was she was. You can do it, Betty Riveter, or mm-hmm. whatever I'm talking. Yeah, know what I'm saying. I know what I'm, yeah. So what I'm what I'm saying is that women are still unfortunately finding their voice and being heard and and being. Hey, look, just because I'm this age doesn't mean I got to meet your standard. Right. Like that sta- that stereotypical standard was set, and it's and it just takes a while to wipe it well, all away. Well, it's going to take a long time because I mean, here we are. Um, I mean, it's twenty twenty, right? And um, damn near a hundred years, hundred and one years since women were allowed to vote. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, let's let's be honest. Let's talk about the Super Bowl performance. There's J Lo, fifty years old, freaking looks amazing i can only wish that i look as hot as she does when she's when i'm 50 and the amount of people that um had an issue with her performance because whatever it was scantily clad whatever or or it was too many crotch shots or whatever the reason yeah and it's like are, are we really having this conversation right now? Because just last year, there was a guy that had California tattooed on his abdomen. and Lower abdomen. And, yeah. And, you know. You like, can see his V-cuts to his package. Yeah. I But that's that was okay. You know? I I don't know. So it's I, just, I would go back. So kind of tying that back to Taylor Swift, imagine. And think about imagine, being. 15 starting this business now you are 15 years in because you're 30 and they tell you that and you have to keep reinventing yourself to stay relevant or you're told you have to mm-hmm. and, and if you want to keep making this money and keep these fans you're gonna have to work extra hard because by 35 you're done quote yeah. unquote like that's to me that's a that is a huge and then you mix that into the stuff we were just talking about with insecurities and being rail, railroaded for a one picture where you looked weird Mm-hmm. And you add all that up together, and I think that was what my takeaway was from the documentary was not everyone who looks like they have it all gets some sort of easy ride. Mm-hmm. Like Taylor Swift's ride, while amazing, incredible, astronomical, like they said the one quote from some magazine was that Taylor Swift is the music industry. Mm-hmm. And all that is, she was. it doesn't mean she's the happiest person in the world. It doesn't mean that she's immune to people's bad comments or insecurities. It doesn't right. matter how successful, beautiful. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. 
regardless, you still have to deal with life. You still have to deal with those same things. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of people lost sight of that with Taylor through her her evolution. If you, Oh, well, she was never actually country. We didn't like her in country. People have told me that, that they didn't like her country music. And it's like, then she becomes a pop star. Well, stay in pop. We don't want you back in country. It's like, what does it matter if the music is good? And if you don't like it, don't listen to it. Don't hate the person. Yeah. That's the thing that has always driven me crazy. Just stop hating the person. Just don't listen to the music. Don't read the article. Ignore them. Don't watch the documentary. Just don't hate the person. And and send your hate to them. Text them your hate. Like, oh, you're... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So terrible. I'm going to tweet you and tell you that you look fat. Like that, to me, is just so cruel and wrong. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, I just don't understand. Um, I think she does have a boyfriend, though. Because there was that guy waiting for her after the show that one time. She went and she put her oh, arms around Oh, and you can him. only really see the back of him. Yeah, and I think that there's a chance that that was her way of telling the world she has found somebody, but she just doesn't want to go through the thing because then all of a sudden her entire sex life becomes, or her entire dating life becomes the topic of conversation. Like, Oh, and what was the one, like they kept playing this clip of, Maybe it was like E News or something. Yes, the roundtable conversation. And she's, she's had like, some boyfriends. And- yeah, and oh, I just Taylor Swift. She's just annoying or whatever yeah. it was. And I was like, oh, and she's God, had some imagine. good looking boyfriends. Let's look at the track record. Like, good lord, I would hate for someone to go through my track record publicly on TV. Like mm. that would be super demoralizing. Well, I that's think. A, another thing. Like we look at two people that are seen out. Um, you know out on the town together and we immediately start thinking that they're dating right that is kind of the assumption when you're a celebrity is oh they're dating they're sleeping together they're this and really how many times have you gone on a date with somebody and it went it was one and done and you never spoke to him again it, like because you weren't a match you didn't sleep with them but you just never went out with them yeah, again and thank it's like goodness who's no one to posted say a that picture. doesn't happen with her and these guys like you see photographed maybe one or two times together it's like Maybe it's just a date, people. Maybe there is no penetration. Maybe, I don't understand. Maybe they're just getting to know each other. Yeah. There's a chance of that. Right. I, yeah. It's, but but it's more fun to be salacious. Oh, of course. You know, and they the goal is to get clicks on everything. So that's the end of it. When mm-hmm. when you come to why do they do that? You know, she's but I think that was her boyfriend and that was her way of saying it. And there was a certain, because I really liked how she said she went, she disappeared for a year mm-hmm. so that she, no one could have an opinion of her. I thought that was super awesome. I loved that. Well, yeah, because she thought that's what people wanted. They didn't want to hear about her anymore. But I, I, I believe I agree. Okay. I, I, I accept that. But I also think part of it was a cleanse. Part of it was this sort of, she wanted to find herself and what oh. she loved about herself yeah. without hearing other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. I agree. And well, and, Probably 
you have to detox yourself because being on social media, how easy is it to slip into the the go Black down hole. the spi- yeah, just go down the spiral of you know, especially with comments. Well, and- that's what well, she was showing where she was looking at her picture on Instagram. She started zooming in on it, and then she's like, oh, wait, we don't do that anymore. We I, have, she, I, I was like, mm, good for her, okay. But I think everyone should do that to some degree. You, it's kind of like taking inventory of your social media impulses, which is what I've talked about over the last several weeks. That's been a – hasn't been able to leave my mind about how impulsive I am on Instagram and not giving in to my impulse. Like, Okay, just, so wait, elaborate on that So, like, if you see a picture – of a girl and she looks amazing, I don't have to immediately fall into my impulses. My impulse is clearly the guy's reaction to this hot woman in a picture. What are the impulses? I don't have to describe them. You can imagine what they might be. And every guy is different. But the problem with that is that's a manufactured photo. That's not a real person in front of me. Oh. And so I'm reacting impulsively to something that is manufactured. Mm. Okay. And so my natural reaction is not real to her because it's manufactured. If she was really in front of me and I'm like, whoo, man, now my reaction is real because she's really here. Mm. Otherwise, it's a mind trick. It's a it's a trick. Okay. And it's unhealthy to to engage those impulses repeatedly because mm-hmm. then when you are with the real it's person. It's the fantasy versus reality. That's right. But it's hands on. You're literally touching, you know, you're touching something. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it, so it deepens the unhealthy impulses. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, right now as you're saying that, I'm taking inventory and I'm just thinking of, you know, people on, that I've seen recently and just, oh, I wonder, you know, when you post this picture and you have somebody like it or guys like it, you know, say it's a girl and she posts some scantily clad picture, it's like, I don't know, I just, I sit there and I, I think, do guys really want to know what that person's like, or do they just... Oh, that's what I'm saying. The impulse is, oh, I want to yeah. hook up with that. Oh, I mm-hmm. like that. I want to see more. I want to see more. Yeah. And, and I, I go one further with that same consciousness idea because you have people who post a thirst trap. You know what a thirst oh, trap God. is? So you, if you post it, like, so if someone's listening wondering what a thirst trap is, this is where you post a picture where you look really good or you feel like you look really good, and you're doing it for the sake of getting people to react to it over the top. So, like, if I felt like I looked... So my Santa Claus picture, I feel like, was a thirst trap, right, for me. <laughs> Santa Claus picture. Where I was like, Santa in training. Because I thought I looked really handsome. I'm in this big okay. king's throne. I got the Santa Claus. It's, you know, Christmas time. That was a thirst trap for me because, like, I felt <laughs> okay, so good about it. when I think of thirst trap, I well, I just think of, like, you know, chicks and their boobs are hanging Oh, I on. used to fall for those, too, and still I, do sometimes. I, well, I know, and I get on you about it, and well, I'm like, and come I've on. And I've gotten a lot better. Now, you know, and in that same respect, like, when I see them now, so I can't help but think that the thirst trap is because there's a guy that's following her page that she likes, that she wants to see, that she wants him to reply to the picture. I so, think a lot of times there's that, 100%. And, and lots of guys reply that she doesn't want to reply. Oh, for sure. But the one that she's wanting to reply, if he does, ha, huh, got him, now I move in on it. Yeah, I think uh, any, well, I shouldn't say any, but... I would think a lot of the times when a girl posts a selfie and her boobs are out um, in some way, shape, or form, it is, it is. Well, I can think of several. I, I will just say I can think of several girls I know, not myself, that did it because they were hoping somebody would see it. A particular somebody. A particular somebody. 
So in my last relationship, that was one of the or signs where I knew it was coming. Good to an or end. bad to see it because. I want you to appreciate it or see it because you don't have it anymore and I want you to be jealous. Yes, it's a jealousy or a, or a bait. Yeah. And, and Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. As I was saying, I had, like, things were going pretty good in my last situation, and I noticed that one day she had posted, like, this kind of sexy picture where she was, like, biting her lip, and she didn't send it to me. She posted it on her story. Hmm. And I was like, wow, you're, in my mind, I even replied to it. I said, this is a thirst trap. Mm -hmm. I fell for it. Is what I wrote because yeah. I wanted to flirt with her to let her know, hey, I see you and you're looking good. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it, I, my instinct was actually correct. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. for so you. <laughs> is this where is this where we tell the story? Do we segue into oh, it? Oh yes. Okay. So you know what? I know. I know we were going to talk about Marin Morris, but you're. Either... We still are. We still are. Okay. Well, I and yeah. Okay. Go. So just to, just so you know, after this personal story comes Marin Morris's story about how she <laughs> booked her p- performance at Rodeo Houston. Whilst, before she knew she was pregnant. Yeah. And but let's let, let's get to the to the Nick juice. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, and I I want to preface it by saying I'm not really used to talking about my personal life out loud, and I never really have, and I don't like to post about what? it. And you do a a podcast with me? But now uh. I do. <laughs> but it makes sense now because it's I can it, there's context to it. Well, yeah, but it also I mean let's be honest our. Everyone's life can be kind of interesting, and especially when you're dating and on the out, radio. And there's all. Let me tell you. I mean, we get a lot of juicy stories. Yeah, and and life experiences. And, and it takes a strong person to date us. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because of arrogance or any sort of reason. It's just tough because we do get a lot of attention for the job we do. So my situation is, I I met this gal a little bit before Christmas, mm-hmm. and my initial. Ironically, it started on a DM on Instagram. The damn DMs. I know, I know. But my initial reaction was I wasn't gonna wasn't gonna pursue. I was just gonna, you know, be cool, be friends, and get on. And for whatever reason, we kept talking, and then we kind of hit it off. And then we started hanging out all the time, so we were hanging out quite a bit. Okay. We had one conversation about like you know, it wasn't really a DTR to find the relationship, but it was a hey, what are your intentions? What are you looking for? And I, I, I am looking for a relationship, but I'm not going to just dive in without getting to know you over a few months or a few weeks. Like I want to gradually get to confirmation that this is going to be serious versus. Oh, I like you so much today. I want this to be serious, and no matter how bad you treat me, I'm going to stick around. Right. Because to me, that's unhealthy. Well, and let's be honest. Um, you have had some girls in your recent past where you would tell them that you would want a relationship, and 
they almost it was almost like they acted like dudes and they would get scared and run off like oh i'm not looking for anything serious but then again also maybe, maybe they was, weren't yeah or it, maybe it wasn't with you you know what i mean like it, i hate and so saying the, that and so but, the challenge know. was I, I was always i have been afraid to really lay it out that i want a relationship in the beginning for the sake of not scaring you off if you think that that scares you off and mm-hmm. and i don't because i know i would be scared off if someone came in after two days you're like hey I'm really looking for something serious. So if you can't bring this to the table, then we should stop now. Like to me, that's short-sighted. Well, yeah. I mean, that's not, but, but that's the thing. You weren't doing that. You weren't saying like, Hey, I want a serious relationship with you and to every chick that you meet. You, uh, you do want a serious relationship, but you were going in cautiously to see if it works out and follow that path. However, you weren't telling people you want a serious relationship because the time you did, it scared some bitch off. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that makes any sense. It, it totally does. And so I went into this cautiously, figured we were hanging out all the time, in which we were. We were hanging out, you know, multiple times a week. Think, you know, I thought things were were really great, and it was a kind of a difficult week. Um, my my, uh, I had a family member who went into the hospital and had to take care of some stuff, and it was just a heavy week. It was a crazy week, and I didn't show as much affection or interest. And the the prior weekend, she'd gone out to Wild West with me, and she got a little. You know, she didn't know how to think about me dancing with another girl. And I understand that that's why I say my job, it is hard to date me because there are some weirdness things to mm-hmm. it. And ultimately, I think when I was drunk, she had, we were talking afterwards and she mentioned how, you know, she didn't really like it this much. And my response was, well, then don't come. And she took that really harshly. And I didn't mean it to be harsh like that. And then my behavior following kind of my, my lack of affection or lack of interest, if you will, kind of led her down the path that she didn't want to be with me anymore which she didn't tell me. <laughs> right. Instead, well, she, uh, yeah. instead okay. she just kind of planned a date with my next-door neighbor who I share a wall with, <laughs> and then... Yes. Now, if you are now listening, yes, the girl went on a date with his next-door neighbor, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, that's the same reaction I had, which then led me to ask, how the hell did she know your next-door neighbor? So she knew him from from school they go to the same college and so they have been friends for a while apparently Uh, more details to it emerged as it went on i i feel there's way more to the story than i ever actually got from either of them Mm -hmm. and i'm fine with it it's okay i and i don't have anything against them i just thought it was really shady and and petty it's 100 shady because i mean just explain the real story the the story is that I mean, you gotta you gotta lay it out. You gotta lay it out. Which How, part am I leaving out? I all of it. Well, you're, you're oh, giving the like major cliff notes version, and let's be honest. Well, then lead How the way, and I'll and I'll open up because right. I've talked. Okay, just so we're clearing the air here. Me and Aaron have talked about this for the last several days. Yes, and uh, since the moment it happened, <laughs> I mean, I always feel like we need to have a recorder on any time you break a story to me because I feel like our reactions in that moment are much better than us reenacting that right now, but. That being said, uh, you're leaving out the part where you're like, Aaron, oh, my God, my dating life is so messed up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And you're like, oh, my God, she went on a date with my neighbor. And I'm like, wait, what? Wait, how does she? Wait, okay, explain to me. And you're like, so she went out last night and she went to this game and she went to this bar, blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't really hear from her until the next morning. And then I text her and I was like, hey, what happened? Okay, and she tells me that... her roommate. Her, no, her friend stayed at her house to stay with the guy she was seeing, and she didn't go home. And I said, oh, well, if you weren't sleeping in your bed, where were you sleeping? And she says, blank's house. And I go, wait, 
like next door to me? She says, yes. I'm like, wait a minute. You spent the night mm-hmm. at his house and you didn't say any, like you came back to, you came back to where I live and you have stayed probably 12 nights out of the last 25 and you didn't even text or call or say anything, knock on the door, nothing. She is at the place next door. There is a wall. If I scream, she can hear me. Yeah. I mean, so I then ask, uh, what was it like? So she didn't text you at all. No, she did text. And, and so this is where some of the responsibility does fall on me because I don't believe anything falls apart totally because of one person, right? The only way I could have salvaged it and saved it was if I had texted her back because she did text me late at night, but it was it was, it was was an autocorrected text that didn't make sense. And so I was also drunk at 2.30, so I'm not like in my complete mind there after Wild West, and I'm sitting there listening to music. I hear people get come home next door, unbeknownst to me, it's her and him. And I realized, you know, she texted me, but she hasn't really made any sense. I'm just going to go to sleep. We'll see what happens. Maybe she'll call me. She didn't call me. And I just left it till the next morning. It is what it is. And she'd been shady all day on the phone, so I didn't think anything different. I didn't feel like me texting her right now is going to make or break any situation, which it didn't. And then the next morning when I find out that what I heard them coming home was actually her and him, that really was a, a bad spot. So. Uh, now the catch is she did catch the flu and strep throat. Okay, no, I don't care okay. about that. All right, who cares? Sorry, <laughs> sorry that you're sick. But how? Okay, so if I'm seeing a dude, well, here's the thing: I just don't. In her f- mind, we weren't together though. No, but okay, you know what? In your mind, in your mind doesn't count. In Say your it. mind does not count. And here's why: in your mind does not count. You want to know why? I'm going to tell you a little story about Aaron Austin. I was uh, getting, uh, well, I was getting a divorce, and I was living in an apartment, and I met this guy out at a bar, and he wanted my phone number, and when we were talking, um, he said, oh, well, uh, you know, how long have you been single? I'm like, well, I mean, it's just a couple months ago, we, we just got separated, whatever, and I said, what about you? And he was like, oh, yeah, we broke up in August, all right? So, fast forward this guy's coming over to my apartment, brings me a wonderful Valentine's Day dinner. Um, we start seeing each other. And then he takes a little trip to Dallas. And he was like, hey, remember that one time I went to Dallas? And this is, again, now this is probably April. And I said, yeah, yeah. Like, And keep in mind, he went to Dallas back in like, oh, I don't know. So it was like January. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. And he was like, and remember I told you I went there for this? And remember when I told you that I broke up with her in August? Well, I really didn't break up with her until then. So we had been dating, sleeping together for months, and he was technically still with that other girl. And I said, well, why didn't you? And he goes, well, I had broken up with her in my mind. Oh, man. (laughs) And I was like, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. You breaking up with her in your mind doesn't count. And But people do that all the time. I think guys do it all the time when they are mentally checked out of a relationship and they start cheating on their girl with another girl. It's because, well, I already broke up with her in my mind. I just, I just hadn't filed the paperwork yet. Yeah. But which, so that goes right into the ending of the story, if you will, because... I don't know what happened at that apartment. I really don't care. I'm going to believe that they were Christian kids and sat down and didn't touch each other. You know what I mean? I'm going to believe she came inside, said she didn't feel good. She laid on the couch. He gave her a blanket. She passed out. He and woke that, her you know up. what? And that's perfectly possible. Because, right. I mean, I've done it in my life. Right. right. And so Monday came around. And mind you, 
I was still talking to her, trying to trying to because I don't like to make decisions when I'm mad. That was my one thing. I didn't want to make any decisions while I was mad. Mm-hmm. I wanted to think about it, let it roll, see what was happening. So Monday I was driving home. I decided I was going to knock on his door because I thought that. Well, you, let's be honest. I you live next to, to you. Yeah, and you're sniffing out the story. And I mean, to me, somebody might think that's like too much, whatever. No, I mean, trust and verify. Like, so you know what? Oh, you said you didn't sleep with this dude. All right, let's go and check it out. Yeah, like, so, so you know I do. What? I do the 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 knock. The da 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 da. Mm-hmm. He answers the door. Clearly surprised, not expecting company. And I didn't go inside. I did peek. We have the same apartment, just mirror mirrored. Yeah. And because we literally share a wall so i i, I say hey man I, I i've been seeing so-and-so for you know a few weeks now and i know she stayed over here friday night she says everything was respectful i just want to hear from you i just want to know everything was good everything was cool and he says yeah man you know everything everything was fine super respectful and i was all right cool dude i just want to clear the air man just, you know we're neighbors i just want to clear the air and i shook his hand i walked off and you end up calling her i, I call her and tell her and she's not happy about it she, she questioned, why would you do that? You're only going to make it worse. Well, my thought is, what am I making worse? Mm-hmm. Why can't you just call him or text him and say, hey, look, I'm sorry Nick went over there. I didn't mean for that to happen. You know, we're working on some problems right now. I shouldn't have stayed there because I really like him. But she wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't lift a finger. So, so then while we're talking, I hear yelling coming from next door, which if by chance he happens to hear this, hi, I can hear you when you're yelling. <laughs> and um, so he's like yelling my name. Right, and so I'm on the phone with her. Yeah, anytime you would hear your name, you're gonna be like, "Ooh." Well, it's just got to be close to my name. I'm pretty selfish. Like if I just think I heard my name, I'm gonna go investigate. So I walk into the kitchen where I can hear him because he's in the kitchen on speakerphone, yelling, yelling my name and misrepresenting how I came to the door. I may have been a little nervous, but tail tucked between my legs wasn't exactly how I would describe a man coming to my door to talk about the woman he's been seeing for the last six weeks. No, mm-hmm. that, that's a, that is a man-to-man conversation, not a tail tuck between the legs. I don't want to fight that guy ever, and I never would, and I don't have anything personal against the guy whatsoever. Right. So there was no animosity. It was purely for peace of mind mm-hmm. and peace of existence because it's, re- it's still really weird going home since then because I feel like my, my personal space has been, has been like, tainted. You know, like, it's so, like, I feel like I was violated well, really tough. I mean, again, let's put this into perspective. You're dating a chick, and she gets mad at you because they're not paying enough attention or whatever, okay? So whatever the excuse is, you're, she's uh, allegedly done with you in her mind, which unbeknownst to you, you have no idea, and then goes on a date with your next-door neighbor and spends the night. And let's be honest, she goes home and never once messages you to say, like, hey, I'm doing this. Oh, you only find out about it because I grill her. You grill her, and you ask. Oh, I start you putting stay? pieces together. Well, yeah, like and, and I so, mean, and, and all that to say, what I heard him yelling was basically about something that I, it, if I know, then you know, and she knows, or something like that. Like basically, there was something I didn't it know. Sounded shady. Very, yeah. very shady. And so I wanted to know what I didn't know. So she had hung up on me because I hadn't been talking to her. I've been listening you know, in the kitchen. And so I call her back. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? You know, what's the deal here? And again, stonewalled, stonewalled, stonewalled. So where it, where it virtually ended, we were on FaceTime and I just said, Hey, look what, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm really not mad. I'm, I'm a little shocked, a little disappointed, but my, my question is when you agreed to the date and when you were sleeping on his couch in your mind, were we together? Yes or no. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I go, were we together? Like while you were over there, were we together? 
in your mind? Or were we or were we broken up in your mind? She's like, well, so were we broken up in your mind? She says, yes, but only because I go, that's all I needed to hear. And, 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 and what it came down to was keeping versus getting back. When I realized that I was trying to get her back, that wasn't the fight. I wasn't going to try to get a girl back who spent the night at another man's house. Now, yeah. to keep a, keep a girl who stayed at another man's house because she was upset with me and didn't understand and couldn't articulate her feelings, I'm compassionate to understand that. Mm-hmm. From a respectful standpoint. But as I dug deeper, I realized that there was must have been something else at the crux of it beyond just, oh, I was upset with you. And when I found out that in her mind she had broken up with me already, then I'm not going to beg for you to take me back in that, that regard, you know. And so I, we moved forward, and, and that was yeah, kind I of it, you know. I don't understand. I mean, I get it. There's times where you have to have the unco- an uncomfortable conversations about things which I apparently am really good at uh, because if something is awkward, I like to make it awkward. Um, But I just don't understand how if you're unhappy about something in your relationship, how you're not able to communicate that. Like, I just don't, under, I mean. Yeah, I, I think I it's experience. That, I think it's experience. And, well, and you have to face that fear a few times before you can confront it every time. Well, and, and the thing is like, I understand if, say, for instance, you're dissatisfied in your relationship and you've vocalized your dissatisfaction and it's really the same thing you're dissatisfied with and you get to a point where you're like, I just don't want to deal with it anymore, so I'm not going to say anything. I get that because you feel like you're not being heard and it doesn't... Like, I hate it when you leave the seat up. You need to say it over and over and over and he never does. You're like, all right, this is a battle I lost. Yeah, and you just you just deal with it, right? Or um, Whatever can, it might be, yeah. as long as it's not abusive. Right. And I can just, I mean, I can think of something, several somethings in my relationships that I've been dissatisfied with. And I get to a point where, well, I'm just not going to deal with it. So I try to figure, figure something else out. Yeah. Compromise in your mind for it. But I don't understand if it's the first time it's, you know, something you're noticing like, hey, I noticed that you're being distant. Why Why can't you communicate that? Hey, that just why, hey, doesn't noticed, make any sense to yeah, me. Yeah, hey, I noticed you weren't touching my leg like you usually do. Yeah, and granted, you're, whoever you're with may think you're crazy, but hey, girls notice patterns. So, and so do guys, just yeah. for the record. And, and that's really where I was tipped off. I knew something was up early on. I actually told my mom on the drive home uh, on Friday night, I was like, yeah, something's, something's not right with her. She's like, something's not right. I, we mm-hmm. went to lunch today, but something's not right. And yeah, because I remember you said you told me about your lunch and you thought it was yeah something was wrong like mm-hmm. something was weird and then and then all that went down and that's where you know I really started feeling energy if you will and I, that's for a whole other conversation because it is running a little long and so we can segue now into the final topic, final topic. right all so right Maren it, Morris yes she's going to be at Rodeo Houston so it came out this week that uh, you know because all of us we've talked about this you know when we were talking about the lineup. How Marin Morris, I'm like, there's no way she's going to be at Rodeo Houston. She's not going to be waddling and being nine months pregnant, blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out she was and is. Uh, but the thing that came out this week was that she didn't, uh, when she agreed to do Rodeo Houston, she was not pregnant yet. So she didn't know she was pregnant when she signed the contract saying yes, because it was, you know, it's Rodeo Houston. She knew how important it is. It's, you know, the pinnacle, of, um, one of the pinnacles of live performing in country music. Yeah. And, um, so, so here's the deal. So her due date is what, like March, March 26th is what I found. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Something like that. And she will be, yeah. Nine months pregnant. Cause she's performing at rodeo on March 7th, like 34 weeks to term or 32 weeks to term, something like that. So she says that, um, 
uh, it's a couple weeks before her due date, but she's nervous and she's talked to her doctor about it, that she's going to fly in and fly out the same day and she's just going to keep it super chill. So um, she, you know, she's not going to be like jumping around on stage, I guess. And she said that her set is at six because it's a Saturday show. And so she can just fly back to Nashville, be there back by nine and hopefully, you know, be okay until time for baby to pop. What a life where you could just schedule that flight like that from home. I imagine you're probably that's probably not a commercial Flight that's probably going to be a charter plane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's not going to be on a flying coach. Get out of here. Hopping on Southwest pregnant Marin Morris. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and that's another thing. Like, you're going to be flying at nine months pregnant. Usually, you're not allowed to or whatever. So She did a little Q&A on uh, Twitter last night, which I sent a question, but it didn't get didn't get replied to. I asked if she had her maternity outfit yet for rodeo. Oh. Well, you know what it made me think of? She might be the first artist ever to perform at rodeo. Being nine months pregnant. Or being pregnant at all. I don't well, know. We don't know. There has been one other pregnant lady on stage last year, Chris Stapleton's wife. Oh, well, yeah. But I'm talking about headlining. Yeah, you headlining? Know. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I And I don't, yeah, I don't think there's ever been another pregnant woman. That's a fun fact, though. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're looking for a rodeo trivia question. Yeah. And she's so big, too. Like, she sold out Revention Music Center. To me, it makes sense that she's at rodeo. Yeah. And... I'm excited. I can't wait to see her. I I think she'll be in boots and a dress. That's what I'm going with. Some Mm. sort of maternity dress. I don't know. She does like to show off the baby bump, but that might be a really big baby bump. Yeah, and she's, I mean, I've seen some pictures. She's got a big baby bump. Like, it's going to be a big boy. Well, she's a tiny little, she's a tiny person. And Ryan Hurd is a giant human. Yes. Like, that is a, I, I, I will be, uh. By the way, I love you, Ryan Hurd. I just want you to know that I was expressing my, um. He's, he's I got a little man crush on you. Yeah, and just because I feel like he is so cool, calm, and collected. And every time I hear What If I Never Get Over You by oh, Lady he, Antebellum, mm-hmm. which is what he wrote, I just hear his voice. It's Charles Kelly, right? Yeah. I just hear Ryan Hurd now. I cannot stop hearing it. You know what's funny? The, I Same. Ever since I found out that he got inspiration thinking about what it would be like to lose Marin Morris when he wrote that song, I now think of that every time I hear it. It's supposed to hurt. Hey. It's a broken heart. I don't know. I hurt my throat singing like that. <laughs> oh God! But but <coughs> are you are you okay? Yeah. Do you need like, a drink of water? Jesus. Probably. Oh. So yeah, I'm a big Ryan Hurd fan. I'm just trying to get. Do you do you follow him on Instagram? Uh, I think so. Yes. So he does like the coffee pour on his story in the morning sometimes, and he puts one of his uh, followers' names in the stream of the coffee. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I'm trying to trying to be coffee famous. So, Ryan, I'm going to make sure I put his name in the uh, in the title for this podcast so it rings off with his art, like his manager or his A&R. Like, oh, man, something got posted about Ryan. We should go find it. And then they'll mm-hmm. be like, man, this guy from Houston, is, you know, he's touting you and your coffee porn story. He wants to be he wants to be coffee famous. So, yeah. So there we go. We covered the country and the not country. And, and it took a long time for us to get to. We were originally when we started talking about how we were planning out today's podcast, we had it completely in reverse order. But, <laughs> so this did not go at all the way planned. But we hit all the points that we needed. To. I actually enjoyed this one quite a bit and I, I enjoy them all but I, I thought this was a lot of fun maybe it's because it was about me a little bit but <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> all right I was nervous though I was really nervous about talking about the relationship because it really is a new thing for me right because I normally keep everything really quiet and I don't post on social media about my dating well, life you, you should look at it this way like 
Talking about current relationships, I think that can be hard. Talking about past relationships should be easy because it's the past. So you can feel free to, you know. Be honest. Yeah. yeah well, it, and it, like me talking about that dude, like, well, A, he's married, has a kid now. He ain't ever going to like look up. What's Aaron Austin talking about today? Like he doesn't Little do you know. Yeah. But, no. but also at the same time, um, given that they may still be listening, if they listened at all, I do, I do want to let this context or this piece be known that it, it's a matter of respect. You know, I, I, I don't like, this was something I experienced in my life and it was really crazy and I didn't have, I don't have a lot of people to share it with. So it's nice to be able to exhaust it and, and just talk it out. And, and if, and, not and, feel and crazy. Hey, if you're listening right now, I want you to know that I'm still your friend. You're still cool. You can come to wild West and be cool and say hi and don't feel weird. Like, and I, I'm not going to out you your name or anything. I just want you to know that, you know, it's okay. And, and we're I all going to grow say, from this moving forward. Be more honest. Yeah, just be say more what, transparent. Yeah, and and I think I said that a lot, you know, and I and I tell everybody that, not just people I'm trying to talk to, but it's like, just say what you're feeling. If mm-hmm. someone doesn't accept or respect your feelings, you don't want to be with that person anyway. I mean, they can disagree, but um, respect. Yeah, it's a respect, and, and most people I think are scared to express how they're feeling because they don't even know how to understand it themselves. But maybe if you talk to the person you're with about your feelings. They can help you navigate it, and you can take a serious look as to whether it can work or not. And sometimes relationships, it might not work, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be bad. You don't have to train wreck. You don't have to derail the train to stop <laughs> the motion. You know, you can just you can just hit the brakes. Just hit the brakes, hop yeah. off the train, and we'll move on. So that's a wrap. Boom. All right, 53 minutes. That's a long time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.